coming at you. Hey now, it's the weekend. It's payday. It's time to grab a beer. It's Brewing Company. Roll the open. I am not musically gifted at all. I sing in the shower quietly to myself. Pat Brubaker back here with I had to think for a second if that was my name or not. My apologies. I still can't believe I almost forgot my name. This bird cage has had, I think, one too many helpings of bird seed tonight. Welcome in, everybody. It's good to have company. You've got a hold of Brewing Company. I am your host, Matt Brubaker, and I appreciate you tuning in and listening to the very first episode of Bruin Company. So I tweeted out on the show's Twitter page at Bruin Company, a little poll to see who could guess who the first and premier co-host would be. And I'm either really predictable or I've got really good guessers. But the person here that's uh, sharing the microphone with me today is one of my best friends. And I think there, there's no other person that should do this first one. And it, uh, it pleasures me to introduce uh, my good friend, Matt Porter. So Porter, uh, how are you doing today, buddy? Uh, it's, it's funny. I haven't seen you since Michigan State just got drubbed by Ohio State. So it's nice to talk to you and see you. How, how are you, man? Yeah, Brew, I'm doing well. I appreciate it. Did I win the poll? Is what Did I win in reality and in the poll? Well, I hope you think this is a win by being the first, uh, unless you guess. I mean, I think well, you that's do. the that's the real prize that, <laughs> that, that I'm here. No, I I think it's really cool that you're doing this. Yeah, um, I, I've had the awesome. itch. I, I've had the itch for a couple of years. Heck, I had the itch like two years ago before COVID. Remember, we went to that crew game and the uh, not the memorial, but the the tournament over at Scarlet, and I kind of had the idea, and then like a lot of things, COVID just delayed the idea almost killed the idea so i i just wanted to get back i I like being behind a microphone we'll talk a little bit about our backgrounds but i'm glad i could get this plane off the ground and i'm I'm glad you're co-piloting with me yeah i'm happy to be here and i know you had yeah you talked about a podcast not just two years ago i think you've always kind of had it on your mind right yeah um so it's it's awesome that uh, we're actually doing this and you've yeah. put a ton of work into this, right? Like yeah. we've kind of got generally a little bit of background things we want to talk about and you've done some audio testing and gotten like licenses and like you've yeah. actually done real actual work. Yeah. I paid $50 for the music to that intro <laughs> right. and I don't feel like it was a waste of money. Um, and I should tell everybody here at the beginning, before we kind of talk about the format and who we are, we've done this before. We've got credibility. I know we're not Jim Nance or Paul Keels, but you know, we're, we're Columbus guys that I think I'm going to tell the story about how we first met. Cause I think it's hilarious, but you know, we've done this before we did 77 shows in college together. So I hope people that have tuned in and have listened for the last couple of minutes, at least feel that they're in good hands for what we're about to talk about. I didn't realize we did 77 shows. Yeah. It's, it's a decent golf score and a pretty impressive radio show in college. Number two. If you told me I could shoot 77 uh, for 18 holes uh, every round the rest of my life, I'd take it. Yeah. you could, And without cheating, right? I never cheat. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we, we folks, we have a little bit of credibility. We did a show in college. I mean, we had a, a show, I think our first week on campus and we weren't very creative with the title. So I think we've at least matured and advanced <laughs> a little bit. Uh, Brewing company sounds like, you know, Rocky river brewing company where I love back in Cleveland, but uh, our show title, I mean, it was Matt and Matt in the evening. I don't know if that was plagiarizing off of Mike and Mike in the morning, but, you know, I think it, it was. we weren't that creative back in the day. <laughs> I, think it, I think it was literally like Mike and Mike in the morning, 
Matt and Matt in the evening. Yeah. Less than five seconds of thought was put into the. the yeah, title. and I'll, I'll take the blame. It was my idea. It was a really bad. I, I think because we got the show so fast, we felt pressure to come up with something. And I was like, hey, let, what about this? We're like, you're probably too nice and didn't know me at the time well enough to say, dude, that's a dumb idea. <laughs> well, but we were doing a show together, and that was the important thing. Like, yeah. you know, who cares about the title? Yeah, so let's uh, let's bounce around the uh, the script here, or at least the rundown a little bit. Instead of talking about the format first, let's talk about who we are and try to prove to people that we at least have some type of credibility. So I'll let you go first. Uh, tell the audience and the listeners, all probably three of them at this point, uh, who you are, uh, what you're about, uh, why maybe you thought I was going to choose you as the first one, and just maybe prove your worth here as a as a co-host. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I have to prove my worth. So um, who I am, grew up in Columbus, Ohio. Um, you know, got two brothers and uh, f- made my way to Ashland University for college. Um, you know, admittedly, and we maybe can get into this, at some point, maybe not on this episode, but in future episodes, followed a girl up there, um, which folks out there listening was probably a mistake. Um, Wait a second. Well, it, it's probably always a mistake. It was for me. But I got to um, ask you, I mean, we've known each other for about 15 years. Did you follow her or were you going there and you guys just went together? I, I think I was following her for okay. sure. OK, um, at least you're honest. That, I, was, I appreciate that. Yeah, that was a big part of it. Um, okay. But more importantly, at the time, at that time in my life, I'm 18 years old and I saw myself as a sports broadcaster. Yeah. Right. Like that's what I'm going to be. I'm going to be the next Jim Nance. Right. (laughs) Or Pat Summerall. Um, And, and, you know, Ashland has a sports communication major, one of the few universities in the United States that has that. So that drew me to Ashland as well. And then, of course, met you there. And within our first week, we started a radio show. And I'll let you tell a little bit more about that story. But, um, yeah, so that's why I think we have some credibility in doing this. Um, And then, of course, the girl piece didn't work out. Oh, my God, my life was ending because I lost my high school sweetheart and had a bit of a nervous breakdown. And as a result, you know, dropped out of school and uh, actually ended up joining back in went back to school went to the university of mississippi um hotty toddy and hotty toddy go rebs and uh we joined rotc there ended up commissioning graduating i was an officer in the air force for five years and now uh got out in 2017 and now i i just kind of um crush it in corporate america yeah so the only thing that qualifies me for this show and adds credibility is that like year at Ashland <laughs> that yeah. we worked together well, 20 years ago. You know, I studied it as well. I think it's funny. I mean, I think our names aren't the only thing that we are similar with. You know, I, I wanted to be the next Paul Keels and, and the story that I'll tell that I've probably told you this before. I tell a lot of people because I think it's a funny story of how we like initially met. You see that I wouldn't say it's love at first sight. And that's that's weird. But do you remember orientation before we had probably even graduated high school? We're in that we're in that room in Upper Convo. The, the room looked massive when I was, you know, 17, 18 years old. And we kind of sectioned off into our colleges. And then from the colleges, we sectioned off even more into like a little circle 
of our majors of the people that were there. So you're to my right. So I'm if let's say we're at a clock and I'm at the six o'clock position, you and your mom are probably at like the two o'clock position. So we go around and, and you're first or second and you sit there and we're all, you know, we're sport comm majors. So we shouldn't be shy and we shouldn't be you know weary about talking in front of people. But I think we probably were. And you're sitting there you're like, hey, I'm Matt. Uh, I'm from Columbus and I'm a sport comm major. And I'm sitting there like four people next in line. And I'm sitting there like, holy crap. And I look to my mom and I'm like, that, that's weird. So it gets to me and, and I'd pretty much do the same thing. And I've been following you for years ever since I said, well, I'm also Matt. I'm also from Columbus and I'm also a sport comm major. And it's like everything in the world lined up perfectly because we kind of looked at each other and we probably thought, and you might've had something, you probably don't know this, but I just remember, I was like, I got to talk to that guy. I think we should be friends. And I don't know how we were able to reconnect when we got back on campus. I don't know if we even had cell phone numbers to even exchange at that point, but we, we met when we got up there. Cause I went up there for golf a week early. And I remember watching a golf tournament in my dorm room with you after we got some like hot dogs and hamburgers on the quad. And I'm telling you, man, we played either golf or NCAA football in the PS2. We had a show the next week. And as the cliche is, the rest is history. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was love at first sight, bro. Um, <laughs> hey, it's Valentine's Day weekend, right? <laughs> right. We're just um, reliving it 15 years after. What I remember, too, about that is the golf piece. I, yeah. You know, I, I am nowhere near as good a golfer as you are, but I have a similar, I think, love for the game. Yeah. And I remember connecting with you, you know, beyond the similarities of name, where we're from and Sportcom, but we have similar interests in, in, in golf. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's one of the things, if not the, the thing that's actually kind of kept us together, especially sure. for decade plus is right. We can always go out and play golf together. Right. Um, so that's what I remember about that moment is because you, I think when we chatted or started to actually talk, you talked about how you were on the golf team. Right. And that, that kind of led to some, some commonalities and interest of that sport. So, sure. and I think it's funny because, and I've told you this probably a couple of times, but I always kind of thought that I was living your life like a year behind, but with COVID now it's like on tape delay, but it's just funny how things work out because I could talk about a little bit of myself here, but how your time at Ashland ended uh, I was too far invested into my time at Ashland, but I had the same thing happen to me. Uh, I didn't follow the girl to Ashland. She followed me. She won't admit that, but you know, that's the truth. Uh, but it ended the same way. Uh, we felt the same way afterwards. We were as good as dead to the world after that. And, you know, the funny thing about that is when you were trying to, you know, get out of your funk you were writing me letters, like handwritten letters. This, this isn't, you know, emails, this is handwritten letters and Hey, I'm looking forward to coming up and we're going to golf together. And then when I was going through mine, you know, our goal was for me was to try to qualify for the U S open. <laughs> I couldn't even make it out. Yeah, of I was going to caddy. I was going to caddy for you. Yeah. I couldn't even make it out of districts in high school, but Hey, if you give yourself something to get out of a funk and it's a good goal, it obviously worked, but it's funny how golf you're right. has probably kept us, you know, I think our friendship would, would be strong regardless, but golf has at least allowed that to be stronger. But the other thing that's interesting too, is we're, we're a lot alike. I think we feed off of each other very well. We're both from Columbus, but the, the difference is 
when you started at Ashland and when I did, you were as a diehard of a Michigan fan as I am. I'm a diehard Ohio State fan. I have the Ohio State memorabilia in my basement to prove that. You know, like Mike and Mike, you know, what makes us different makes us great. We never argued and we never hated you. We, we just one day a year, remember Ohio State Michigan games, we would text each other, hey, best of luck. Can't talk to you today. But you were yeah. a diehard Michigan fan. I was a diehard Buckeye fan. And those shows, talking about college football, talking about the Ohio State-Michigan game and the history, and then also the feelings of happiness or just complete gut-wrenching performances by our teams, those shows are fantastic. And I think that's funny because we're so much alike, but a huge difference was maybe the best rivalry in all of sports. You know, I forget that I was a Michigan fan. <laughs> I would too. <laughs> right. I do. I forget, I forget it until someone like you or, or one of our other friends, you know, brings it up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, don't, don't remind me. I think it's also interesting to think about. We met in 2007 to yeah, 2007. Right. And just including last November, Michigan has won that game against Ohio state twice <laughs> in 15 years. It's yeah. not a rivalry. Yeah. It's like, you know, you might as well be playing Kent State, um, you know, all due respect to Kent State. Yeah, sure. But so it's just funny how you said it. You wanted to go to Ashland and be the next Jim Nance. I, I always loved Jim Nance. I read a book of his. But being from Columbus and being the Buckeye fan that I am, I wanted to be the next Paul Keels. So I think we had a very similar um, goal as to why we were going to Ashland and then what we wanted to get out of Ashland when, when that time actually came. But I, I just think it's funny. I, I just hope after we kind of shared a little bit about ourselves and, and I wanted you to share more about yourself because hopefully people will listen and get to know me as we go. But uh, I, I just wanted to prove our worth. I wanted to prove our credibility. And I just think, like I said, I think you are the, the best candidate to at least kick this thing off. So uh, really quickly, just to kind of talk about the show and the format, uh, Bruin Company, uh, as, I, as I've as i always found out, and, and you and all my different levels of life and their friends, they all call me the same thing. My nickname is Bruin. It's not hard to come up with, but I like the idea of doing this show as we're going to do it every other Friday, which for me, it's going to be payday Fridays. And the reason behind that is, one, it's just easy for me to remember, but two, I don't want to do this every week and make it a chore for someone like you, Porter, or anybody else that comes on. And, you know, like you said, hey, I hope this is a prize. I don't want it to be a burden that you're the, the host or the co-host this week. But every two weeks, I, I, want to, I want this show to be a kickoff and a springboard to a good weekend. Because every two weeks, I mean, you and I, we're now both working in corporate America. And whether we like the job, love the job, hate the job, you're, you're going to have those tough days, and those tough weeks. So when you see the payment and the bank account number go up, you feel better. And I want this show to also be a either continuation of that feeling or a springboard to a good weekend. So every two weeks, uh, it's going to premiere on Friday and it's going to be payday Fridays and we're just going to enjoy it. Uh, Porter's the co-host today, uh, but at the same time, every show, the plan for me is to have a different co-host. I don't know if that's a good idea or not yet. I, I, I'm trying to do it more from a convenience standpoint for everybody. Because, you're vetting us. Yeah. You're, no, bet, I, you're betting all your like It's an interview. Yeah, it's an interview. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to wear the shirt and tie. As long as you're wearing a shirt, because I can still see you on the, on the Zoom here. But uh, it's a different co-host every week. And I think it's more for convenience because 
unlike me, you and pretty much everybody else that I have lined up, you guys have lives. You know, I, I needed something to do. I mean, you have a wife. I, I got friends that have girlfriends, wives and kids. Uh, I don't have any friends that have a wife and a girlfriend. So that's good. You, you'd like to separate the two. Um, but I, I just Did don't want to know of? <laughs> that I know of that they've admitted to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I don't want it to be a burden on anyone. So I hope the idea of having different people, different ideas, different stories, and hopefully different conversations is exciting for you that are listening. So, so that's the idea. Every payday Friday, every two weeks, uh, about 13 different co-hosts. So hopefully no more than two per year uh, per person. But uh, Port and I have already talked about credibility. I am not going to, and I hope to at least convey this to everyone else that does it with me. I'm not going to try to sit here and, and Porter, hopefully you can back me up or support this. I don't want this to be like we're trying to be somebody we're not. I, I don't want to veer out of the middle lane. I'm a middle lane driver on 71, stick in that middle lane and just stay in your lane. I'm not going to try to be Paul Keels now. We're out of we're out of the media. We you got to be yourself. You got to be yourself. And I'm not going to try to sit here and sway someone's opinion that this quarterback is better than that. It's not going to be first take. I, I hate arguments. I hate confrontation. Uh, I just want it to be entertaining. We're not going to sit here and, and try to say something that we don't believe just so hopefully people will listen. I hope people will listen because they find you and me and hopefully the people down the road entertaining. And I want it. The idea is to, especially with COVID, man, I just missed people and I really missed being behind a microphone and I really wanted to get back into radio. I couldn't. So this is the next best thing. And now I can say whatever the heck I want. I'm not policed, but the idea behind it and the vision that I had was I missed all of my friends. And when you saw them for the first time, it felt like, you know, that day at Ashland, like, Hey, we should be friends. But the vision is, you guys, you go to your favorite bar, your favorite restaurant, you get your buddies around, you get a couple of beers and you just share stories and you laugh and you share some memories. And then it would be as if you just throw a phone in the middle of that table and press record. That's what I hope the show is going to be. So, yes, there's going to be a sports foundation to it. We'll talk a little bit about the Super Bowl here in a couple of days. We'll talk about Pebble Beach. But Porter and I probably aren't going to share a breakdown of Joey Burrow versus Matthew Stafford. Why? Because we don't know. Like we're not qualified to do yeah, that. We're not going <laughs> we would throw the football out in your front yard before tailgates. And I threw a beautiful pass to you. You made an incredible catch. You fell in a small dip in Drew's yard, which is his older brother. And you my rib. nearly, yeah, you nearly killed yourself. So Bruce we don't have the credibility to break down an offense. We're not going to try to do that. Uh, so I just I want that ass though. I it was an ass. incredible catch. And by the way, without gloves, that was even more impressive. <laughs> uh, so I just want people to know that we're not going to sit here and we're not going to try to make it a poor man's first take, but it's also not going to be, I'm going to have a beer here. I'm going to open it right now. Uh, it's going to be a kickoff to the weekend. By the way, it's a Coors light. If you're wondering Porter, what, what oh, it's a Coors. Coors silver bullets, baby for the Buckeyes. What do you have over there? So this is apple juice. Um, <laughs> that's it. Is it? Is it? Moss? There's, a, there's a story there. So um, okay. I'm uh, every day that goes by, I'm, I'm a I become more and more of a bourbon guy. Sure, yeah. uh, kind of getting into the bourbon craze. I've got over eighty bottles of bourbon. Eighty in in my house. Yeah, eighty. Oh eight my zero. God. Um, that's well, not a cheap hobby. It doesn't go bad. So <laughs> you know, uh, that's fair. 
it only gains value too, really. So, but uh, hey, almost... who am I to judge? I have so much Ohio State stuff in my basement. I'm the last to judge. So don't don't feel like you <laughs> right. got to defend yourself. Too. Everybody's got their thing. Yeah, um, right. For me, it's becoming bourbon. But I sure. it became bourbon a little bit too much uh, about two weeks ago. When and I'm not even a Bengals fan, okay. really. Um, but Gretchen and I were watching. Gretchen's that's that's wife. his wife. Yeah, just it's Valentine's Day. So we got to give her the props. We, we were watching the Bengals, uh, you know, and hoping, of course, just for the sake of Ohio, <laughs> that they upset the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And I spent the majority of that game drinking Bengal Tiger cocktails, which was like wilderness trail bourbon with triple sec and a bunch of other sugary stuff and uh maybe had a few too many and had a pretty bad hangover the next day yeah and so i committed to a dry (laughs) february the month the month of february is going to be dry for porter so okay that's uh, fair that's why it's apple juice. Okay, so it's, it's not kind of the same color as bourbon, though. Yeah, you, you had me fooled. I I thought you were going to say you blended it with something to kind of dilute, but that would almost be insulting to the drink, right? Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, I'm okay. a neat. Yeah, like drink it neat or on the rocks, maybe a couple drops of water, but yeah, very rarely uh, mix. That's uh, apple juice. Point in my life. That's fantastic. So I guess. I don't think bourbon is a fad. I, I think that's going to stick around, but I mean, again, we'll, we'll probably go off topic. Have you done You're smart? I mean, you have your masters. You're a hell of a lot smarter than me. <laughs> have you gotten into the Wardle craze? Have you done that? I'd say I, I so yes, I have done it. Yeah. I haven't gotten into the craze. It's the weirdest thing about a week I, I don't know, at work a week or two ago, yeah. somebody brought it up at the beginning of a meeting and they were like, Oh, I got a Wordle in like the first two lines. And, you know, my boss was really impressed. I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? What is this? What Wordle? Um, and that same night, you know, because we're working from home right now, yeah. I go in and, you know, my wife's sitting on there on the couch and she's like, she's just like staring at her phone. Right. And then like, you know, pensive and concentrating. And it's like, what are you doing? She's like, have you heard of this Wordle thing? Yeah. Same day, same day. So yeah. And we, we ended up getting the word in what six tries that night. Yeah, um, Six is the, yeah, I've done it. I've done it once. Okay. I've completed so, one Wordle, but uh, I, I'm not one to jump onto the fad train. I, I don't like the stuff that is popular. Uh, and to be honest with you, and this is going to sound absolutely crazy, but I'm not a fan of podcasts. And the reason behind that is it's anybody could do it. And you studied it for a little bit, the media, radio, TV, you did, you did shows. So I I think maybe I could bring you along into this conversation, but it's almost a little offensive to me when Steven that lives with his parents in the basement just does a podcast. And I'm like, you don't even, you didn't study it. There's no production quality. I can hear your mom doing laundry in the background, like clean it up a little bit. So I'm not a big fad person, but I saw, and the local show in Columbus that I love on, on 97, one, the fan is common man and T-bone. So T-bone started doing it and I heard it and I kept seeing this on Twitter, these uh, yellow and there's black and there's green squares 
Yep. And it looks like a Tetris game, but they're all squares. I'm like, what is this? And I, and I just, I pass it off. I'm like, that's probably spam. If I click on it, I'll, I'll lose my contacts. But you'd be good at it. Cause don't you play Scrabble? You're I'm, a word guy. I'm fantastic at it. My friend, I've done it for 26. <laughs> yeah. I've done it for 26 straight days. Uh, I have to thank T-Bone for this because I, I heard him talk about it. He tried to convince Comma Man, who reminds me a heck of a lot of you. He wanted nothing to do with it. And I'm like, you know what? If, if they promote it and they like it, I'm going to try it. I want and, nothing. And to I'm do really it. good at it. So <laughs> let me pull up my phone here. I'll read you off my stats because I'm a big stats guy. I've done 26 straight days. I usually do it like at midnight when they flip over to a new one. I've gotten it on. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm a night owl. So yeah, because you can only do one a day. One a day. Yeah. That's and I'll, the thing. So they I'll tell keep you coming back. Like yes, wait. It's addicting. Like, yeah. You and Bourbon, me and Wordle. It, it, it's unbelievable. So I've gotten it uh, out of 26 times. I haven't missed one. I've gotten it in four tries, 12 times, three tries, nine times. I got it twice. Or excuse me. I got it once on two tries. That's what I've the girl at work said. Yeah, tw- she got it in tw- two two tries. And I'm going to tell you this: I haven't cheated. Uh, the, I I want because this is the only thing I have to look forward to, other than this podcast. Wardle at twelve o'clock at night, and this podcast once every two weeks. That's it. That, that's that's my life, folks. But well, I've never had it six. You can't play golf right now because it's right. you know there's snow on the ground. I and can't even get out of my I've... driveway. Right. Oh uh, yeah. But come but... come uh what. Ten weeks from now, we've got the Masters. Yeah, on CBS. So, so we, we got a little off topic, but you're not a Wardle fan. I am, but I'm a perfect 26 for 26. And I've also convinced my parents to do it. And I keep a group chat for the three of us and we share our results. And we have like a team total and our record as a team. We did it this morning was nine. We've done that twice. So we're knocking it out of the park, man. And I'll tell you this. If you if you try to do it a second time, well, it depends on when you succeed with like your brain function. But I'm I'm better at night after midnight. So I got it in three today, 12.05 a.m. But the yesterday I woke up, I didn't put pants on to sit in my chair and check emails. And I'm like, man, I, I got to use the restroom. So I go to the restroom at like 820 and I'm sitting there for 20 minutes on the on the john trying to figure out this word couldn't do it i I got the answer but i sat there for 20 minutes i'm like i gotta do this at midnight because if i wait till 8 a.m and and nature calls i'm answering that phone first so you're not as good at wordle when you're pooping (laughs) no yeah i i'm not good at it i i'm better at it at night when everyone's asleep and i i can just knock it out of the park so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna uh, throw out the words i I don't want to ruin it for everybody but it's I like it. It's fun. Do you and get anything out of it? Like there's you, like, do you, you know, the best stat person in the world, you know, per quarter goes to some fancy Vegas. dinner or you yeah. get money or, you know, you get tickets to the Super Bowl. Like what? Um, you don't get anything out of it. No, you like, get absolutely I nothing. I, I think you get see now I'm so deep invested into this. I'm, I'm 26 for 26 that it, it's a pride thing. And if I miss it, I'll, I'll be honest with you. If I miss one, I probably won't do it again. I'll be so heartbroken. It'll be um, like getting broken up on Valentine's Day. I'll be like, you know what? That was fun. When does golf start? That that would be that would be terrible. But I I've never even successfully gotten it in six attempts. It's five or better for brew over here. 
that goes to show you how little I have to do with my life. And but now we're doing this and we're going to just feed this on. We're going to fly the plane and hopefully it doesn't crash. So uh, a little off the topic on the world. But if you, if you give it a shot, my suggestion at night, and if you have to do it at night on the on the John, that's fine, too. But I'm, I'm not a morning person in life and I'm not a morning person on, on the Wordle. I might do it. it. I might do it in the morning, though. I'm a morning person. Yeah. After that coffee and everything starts to move south, that's when you should do it. Yep. Get a (laughs) cup of coffee. Maybe I'll be better at Wordle when I'm pooping. (laughs) Hey, what makes us different makes us great, right? All right. So let's let's move into the topics that we at least kind of previewed for the show. So the the first one is the Super Bowl. It's in a couple of days. Naturally. And yeah. And it's honestly, I think one of the best things for everybody to to get involved with. We could sit there and watch it because of the football. Uh, Someone else that's not a football fan, they like the commercials. Someone else is a big music fan. They like the halftime entertainment. And I, I think it just brings everybody together. And if you get a good game out of it, it's a bonus. Uh, so that's this weekend. And I think the, the cool thing for us, we, let's nostalgia is running high for me today, man. It is. It's very high. I, I've been riding high all week. No sleep. Nothing. I, I got lost the other day. I'm supposed to go to Grove City. I ended up in Upper Arlington. Didn't. I just it was clueless. I just. How does that happen with with GPS? In, in yeah, a I still got lost. You grew up in your whole life. I, I still, you know, it's like, where are you going to go? You don't even know where you are. <laughs> I just get it together. I just screwed up, man. I And frankly, here I'll be honest. I didn't even know where Grove City was. So I didn't even know that I was going the wrong direction. I put an address in my phone and I might have put in the wrong address now that I think about it. So maybe maybe it was all my fault, but I, I put in the wrong address. So I at least followed the directions but to the wrong address, but I had no idea where Grove city was and I had no idea I was going the wrong direction. And frankly, I didn't care, but I was, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about the weekend. I was getting paid. And so nostalgia is running high. So let's go back to our freshman year and the first Super Bowl. I remember watching it with you. And I think it was Clark hall. I guess it was the, the ex's dorm that we watched in the lobby and our boy, as you call him too much, I won't say his name because he'll be on the show and I, I want to keep that suspenseful, but we did sir. our show and yes, sir. sir, we did the show and this was the year that the Patriots were undefeated. So if you were doing fantasy football that year and you had Tom Brady and or Randy Moss, you were winning money. The team was undefeated. So you and I, I think like smart people and the majority of people said there's no way the Patriots lose. Well, yeah. this guy. Mr. Too Much, he went on his show, a different show, and said the whole time the Giants were going to win. I don't remember why. I, I think he just wanted to be different. And I, I would be shocked if anyone else said the Giants are going to win. This is the only person I know, and I can vouch for him, that said the Giants were going to win, and he was 100% right. But that's the first real like fond memory I have at the Super Bowl and might be one of the best ones ever. Well, what I, you know, honestly, you got a better memory than I do when it when it comes to these things. But I remember, if nothing else, the well, actually, the game before that, I believe, was the same year, which we can talk about. Was that, that. The, when it was the really David, cold? Yeah. Yeah. I in Green that. Bay. Yeah, 
I remember that. Is the Giants went into Green Bay in the championship game a couple weeks prior to that, and we were we were watching that game. Like I remember that more than the Super Bowl, and I don't really know why. Yeah. Um, but I still have this image of the. I think it was a kick that won the game uh, for the Giants against the Packers, and it was freezing cold. Um, and then for the Super Bowl that year, it's David Tyree. Yeah, absolutely. Right. That, like I don't know how that catch. I don't know how you make that catch. Yeah. Like, um, you know what's wild to me? And again, I, I hope this is what people can see that we're going to, it's going to be a sports centered show, but we're not going to break down the game. But you know what's wild to me? So Tom Brady lost three Super Bowls. He just retired. And I was kind of surprised he retired because with <laughs> his competitive nature, I figured he would try to go out on top or at least get to another one. But hey, who am I to question him? He won seven Super Bowls. He's easily the greatest of all time. So, and plus he's going home to Giselle. So I think he made the right choice. But so what's wild to me is two of his three Super Bowl losses were to Eli Manning, your boy from Ole Miss. Howdy, Toddy. That's unbelievable. And and Eli, before Peyton kind of pulled one out of his behind in Denver, Eli had more Super Bowls than Peyton. And they and they were both defeating the greatest ever. That's incredible to me. So and, and the other one was to a backup in Nick Foles and, you know, the Philly special. So when Tom Brady loses, they're still incredible. <laughs> well, and I always thought, you know, I, I, the biggest surprise for Brady for me was losing that Super Bowl to the Eagles. Yeah. To Foles. And, you know, I always kind of thought, you know, of course, going into that game, the only person and, I, you know, being an old Miss guy, mm-hmm. it would have been cool to have the only guy that ever beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl as an opposing quarterback was Eli Manning. Sure. Um, but, you know, Nick Foles screwed that up for all of us. It's, it's just unreal to me that the games that Tom Brady lost are memorable because it, it took a heroic effort by David Tyree. And I think Manning made another incredible throw. And I forget who made the catch on the sideline. The Plaxico, second time they wasn't, it, wasn't it Plaxico Burris? I was thinking Manningham, but I, I could we could both Manning. be wrong. Uh, it, both of our guesses are Big Ten guys, but we could be wrong. But it took something unbelievable to beat Tom Brady. And then you get a quarterback like Nick Foles, who, like you said, was a backup, the Philly special. And then the wins that Tom Brady has, like his very first one, he comes back and beats the Rams and he did nothing that game. And then the Falcons game, like every time he was in the Super Bowl, outside of that one where they played the Rams, it was like 10 to three. And it was basically three hours of yawning. They've been amazing. I think we're just kind of looking for a good game and with good company and, and decent food, maybe. <laughs> and apple well, juice. Looking, that said, I'm looking for a Bengals win. Yeah, um, me too. Not a huge Bengals fan, really. Not a big NFL guy, personally. But like, you know, from Ohio, I think that it will be great for the state um if the Bengals win I think if you're even a Browns fan right you got the whole Beckham going to LA thing sure right it's you know so even some Cleveland people I would think could get behind Cincinnati maybe again not an NFL guy maybe there's too much of a rivalry there it just can't they can't make me rooting for Michigan in the college football playoff that's not happening maybe maybe that's what the way it is and get this the game is at SoFi in LA this is a home game right the Rams like that's BS yeah. so uh, yeah I'm Bengals all the way yeah I I'm with you for me I think the Ohio State ties run deep for me I've never had a favorite NFL team one because I was born in Virginia and we didn't even have cable 
So we also didn't have professional teams at all in, in that state. But I just grew up watching the NBA on NBC. And I like you and I, again, a way that we've become really close friends is our love for Michael Jordan. But I never had a favorite NFL team. And I was never really a football guy till I moved to Columbus. And my grandpa introduced me to, as he would say, the Buckeyes. He would kind of say it the way Brent Musburger says it. But I'm just so devoted and so loyal. And I, honest to God, nearly live and die with the results of Ohio State games that I just can't have another allegiance to another football team. So I'm rooting for a good game. But yes, I'm rooting for the Bengals because it's Ohio, but it's also because of Joe Burrow. And it's not just because he was a Buckeye, but he's just tough to root against. And it's not because he's a great football player. He's a really good person. Seems like it. Yeah. When he wins a Heisman Trophy and then later on wins the national championship, when he's giving his speech, a lot of people, and rightfully so, I wouldn't uh, critique them for, for being about themselves, but He's trying to raise awareness and raise money for starving kids in his hometown. Who does that? Joe Burrow. Like, how do you not root for Joe Burrow? So, yes, it's close to home. And, yes, he was a Buckeye. But if I'm a Bengals fan, I'm flying really high right now. And you just hope that the ride continues for one last one last victory. I, I think that'd be really cool to see. I think they're going to do it, though, which I don't want to get into predictions yet. But, mm-hmm. like – what are you what are you eating during the Super Bowl, right? Like what's your what's um, your are you watching the game? Are you gonna cater it in? You're gonna cook something, are you gonna grill out? Like well, I'm not grilling out because it's gonna be ice cold and I still have to get my driveway scraped before I can think of grilling out. And second, I'd have to buy a grill. Uh but yeah, talking about food, man, it's that's another piece to the puzzle here. It's not just the football game. That's maybe a bigger piece for a lot of people. It's just, Hey, we get to hang out with friends. Someone's got a big TV and some people are running around hitting each other, but what do we have is the spread. Uh, I like the, I like the wings. I like those. I'm a big pizza guy. I'm basically, I eat as a child, a couple of drinks, uh, maybe your favorite beer, craft beer locally. The basics. I'm, I'm a vanilla person. I remember in, in my church group once we went around the circle and like the icebreaker was name your favorite flavor of ice cream. And I always try to be different. I don't like people that just go along with the crowd. So I was the last to go and all my flavors were chosen. So I said, well, vanilla. And this girl, she's really sweet and she felt really bad afterwards, but it was also really funny. So I, I, I don't get offended. So if someone says something and it's funny and it's at my expense, I'm going to laugh. And I said vanilla, and she goes, "Why? Because you're boring." And I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> that's probably true." That was mean. She really said that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was. But let's be honest. One, it's also kind of truthful, and two, it was funny. But I, I'm a pretty basic person, man. So I like the wings. I like the pizza. I'm not. I'm not uh, an eccentric eater. So wings, give me the basics, man. Wings, pizza, ice cream, and beer. <laughs> You know what I just described? A seven-year-old's heaven. That's what I just described. What about you? You seem a little bit more uh, just classy. I mean, your hobby's bourbon. So so what do you have on your spread Sunday? It's not bourbon, right? It's apple juice. You give me too much credit. You know, I'm, I'm, I am sticking with dry uh, in terms of drinking. So I, I don't think I'm going to have any booze on Sunday. Okay. Um, normally, I would definitely have beer um okay. and i like to frost the mugs yeah i remember so you doing that. Down, yeah for a good football game that i'm gonna be into i like to you know 
sit down in my recliner and have a frosted mug with, I'll even put the beer in the freezer for like five or 10 minutes. Like a really yeah. cold, ice cold beer in a frosted mug. See, um, this, this and, is and why usually I, four, four or five of them. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I told you that you, you just, you do it better than I do. Like I right now I have a Coors light in like this nice little koozie guy. That's going to keep it cold for eons, but it says groomsman and it's got my nickname on it <laughs> and that's perfect for me. And then Porter here does it right. He frosts the mug. Yeah. And it's probably not a Coors. It's probably like a local, like an IPA, not something a, lo- a little and, bit nicer. Well, like a Sam Adams. I've been sure. going to like a Sam Adams in October. They have uh, Sam Adams Oktoberfest, which is a good beer at uh, yeah. at Costco, and you can get a big case of it, right? Because it's Costco size. <laughs> get a hundred for uh, a nickel. So I've been drinking, I've been drinking some of those. So drink wise, probably beer for the Super Bowl. Sure. Um, and then food. I think we're gonna do a brisket. Oh, nice. so um, six o'clock your know, place then, huh? I will. Yeah, actually, <laughs> I'll bring the uh, I'll bring the barbecue sauce. I will. 6 a.m. We'll probably get oh. the brisket on. I think I'm going to brave the cold and uh, and pop the grill on and and do a little smoke bomb on the I have a gas grill. So I got to put like the wood chips and in, in foil and call it a smoke bomb. I thought um, your eyelashes looked a little thin. Are you all right over there? <laughs> oh, I'm do you, good. Do you have I, haven't grilled, I haven't grilled in a couple months, so. <laughs> Um, report back to me lighting uh yeah yeah so brisket and we'll probably do like some mac and cheese or something like that sounds solid man yeah so the thing that i really want to talk about with the super bowl and again we're not going to break the game down i think we might have even kind of given away not really a prediction but maybe our heart and where it lies but what i really want to talk about is have you seen the prices for a super bowl ticket like the average Six to seven thousand. I thought I saw the night of the game, the night of the championship games. We were like looking, we were looking them up because we're right. Generally curious. Curious. Yeah, I mean, they're up to like a mean now of like ten, ten thousand dollars for a ticket. So I was thinking this the other day. Remember the 2018 Michigan game? It was, I think, the first one that we both went to. It was the year that Michigan was on their revenge tour. And we were the last stop and we just blitzed them. How'd that work out? It was fantastic. It was 62 to 39. It was brilliant. So I remember because I was so worried. I truly believe I always believe that we're going to lose because I'm a sports pessimist, but I truly believed we were going to lose that game. And I did not want to spend the money that was required to go to that game to then lose and be miserable twice because you're like, well, my bank account is not the plan. And then you go home and you're like, why am I, why do I want to wake up tomorrow? But the price was like $300. And I had, I, I had a seat that I was very happy with. I had people around me that I love those people, but that was $300 after fees. This is $10,000. So my question for you is not only would you ever pay $10,000 for a Super Bowl ticket, would you pay $10,000 to do one thing one time? And if so, what would it be? And it has to be clean. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's ridiculous, <anyway>. right? 
have you ever bought an engagement ring and gotten married? I mean, so, okay. So, like, if that counts. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I don't want you to reveal the price, but. No, I, is I won't. Close? You're, you're, oh, yeah, it is. So, I mean, <laughs> okay. the, the general answer to the question is for any one thing. Sure. Yeah, I've been there, done that. Now, okay. for a sporting event, yeah. I, I, you know, that's 99% funny. no, I'm not going to do that. It's just, that's too much. That's yeah. too much money. Um, th- now, the 1% that comes to mind is like, I don't know, bucket list, maybe, you know, some scenario where based on circumstances in your life, if you've got some kind of terminal disease or someone in your family and it's sure. like, you know, you've got one opportunity to do it. I, I think there are scenarios in which I could I could see myself doing it, but not in not in very many. I think ten thousand dollars to insane. spend three or four hours of your life, not to mention hotel, plane right. ticket. It, it, it's it's too much for me. It really Absolutely. is. I, I can't do ten thousand for for a ticket to the sporting event. Generally, and yeah, it, it's way too much. It, it's like our buddy. It's it's too much. But <laughs> I would say with with your example and what you chose to spend, you know, give or take, it, you don't have to say the price because it's not important. But getting engaged isn't just for a day you know that that's for the rest of your life and you and right. you're, you're doing it for the right reason so it's i wouldn't say it's an investment but it's a good way to spend roughly ten thousand dollars and it's not just for an evening it's not just for the day and it's a fleeting experience this is for the rest of your life hey this is this is someone that i love and i want to spend the rest of my life with it makes perfect sense but for me so i was in either going to or like yours i was in four weddings last year and a total of six of them. And I was at my parents' house a couple of weeks ago for dinner. And I told her, I said, I don't have anything to do with this year because I got I have no weddings to go to. I all my friends are now married after just last year. And my mom goes, well, how much do you think you spent on all of those weddings all encompassing? So I did a rough, rough estimate. It was like twenty three hundred dollars. And yeah, even. Even that price, I was sitting there. I'm like, do I have to take out a loan? Because I had a wedding on New Year's Eve. And that was fantastic, by the way. And the guy that got married on New Year's Eve, hopefully will do the show. So I won't reveal that. I'd like to keep this suspenseful. But I told him, I said, friend, I've been in a lot of these weddings this year. And I love you, but I might be giving you a hug for your wedding. Like, I, I have no money left. Like it might be a hug and a handshake <laughs> no and money. best wishes because that was a lot of money. And it was over the course of a year. Really, it was like six months, but $2,300 and I'm fretting over that. And people for a night and they might not even care about the two teams, 10 grand. Unbelievable. Man, I'm as big of a sports fan as as you would meet. And if someone came up to me, like, let's say the Buckeyes are lucky enough to play in the national championship next year. And someone comes up to me and says, hey, you can go to the game, decent seats, 10 grand. I'm out. Not a chance. Because I know this is my luck. I know I'll give them the money. I'll go to the game and they get waxed. It'd be like that Clemson game a couple of years ago on New Year's Eve when we lost 31 to nothing. That that I would curse the team and I'd be out 10 grand. I wouldn't There's go. a high suck factor there. If you were, <laughs> that's the, that's the thing. It's like, if you, you go to the game, you spend that money and then they li- make matters worse. They lose. Yeah. I would like to go. That's funny. I, I want to go to the Rose bowl. I and guess. I know that's going to be an expensive trip. 
Right. Um, it won't be 10 grand a ticket. It'll probably, I don't know, 500 to a thousand a ticket. But I, I see that again as a once in a lifetime. Yep. I want to do it once. I want to go to the Rose Bowl. The one thing that I can think of, and we've talked about this, and I don't think the price that we looked up was even close to this, but for me, you're talking once in a lifetime would be for me, the masters. Uh, that would be the only thing that I can think of where maybe I could justify because I'm frugal. I, I don't I don't like spending money. I I feel like I'm living large when I go to Kroger and buy the private selection honey oat bread. So, you know, I'm not one to spend a lot of money. So I think the masters would be the one for me. And that would be you'd have to really convince me or get me really drunk. But I think you can win the lottery on the Masters, like they do. I mean, True. in your life, you enter every year. I mean, generally, I think you're you're, you're gonna you're gonna hit it at least once, or sure. like through networking. We'll get we'll get to Augusta. I, I can feel it. Yeah, we'll we'll be old. We'll be senile. We'll be like the lady at Michigan State. You want to come up for a bagel? <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's share what we do, what we've done now, I think, take out COVID. But for the last four years that we were able to live our lives, what Porter and I do, and I watched a documentary probably 10 or 12 years ago on Big Ten Network, and they profiled these three old guys that went around. I don't even know what school they actually really rooted for or felt like they were affiliated with, but they went around to every Big Ten stadium and watched a game. And they kind of kept a journal or a photo album and they kept the results of the games. And I saw that. I'm like, that'd be cool. But I never gave it a second thought. So the first year that Porter and I were both back in Columbus and, you know, reunited and it felt so good. We went to all the football games. Porter had season tickets with his brother and he kept telling me there's no excuse. There's no reason you don't go to this game. And by the end of the year, I was at every game. It was so, the Oklahoma game, though, that I was talking yeah. about. Which it was the very first one, and I was out two hundred dollars thanks to to that suggestion by yourself, my friend. Baker <laughs> Baker, Baker Mayfield. Baker uh, Mayfield. It was th- that is one of what two games, two losses we've seen in the horseshoe in five we've years. Two, yeah, it's unbelievable. Oregon and Oklahoma. And, and yeah, no Big Ten, so we're still undefeated in the Big Ten. Unbelievable, yeah. When we're there, so at the <laughs> end of that season, this was this was the same year where the JT to Marcus Ball rally in the fourth quarter over Penn State where you said at the beginning Saquon Barkley is going to return this for a touchdown and he did. You remember that? I do, um, yeah. So for for every Oklahoma you have a Penn State memory. But we decided like, hey, let's continue. Let, let's let's go to Indy and watch the Big 10 Championship. And that's was that the was that the year where the JK Dobbins came through was that the next year we went to michigan state that was michigan state was the jk dobbins picture of uh of you in the shower Uh, (laughs) that sounds worse than it is it's actually still it was clean clean. it was a clean photo no (laughs) no pun intended um that that started this whole idea for us to go to one big ted road game a year we started with indy we watched them beat wisconsin and it was i mean i i thoroughly loved it you probably thought i was insane i i know jeff your buddy jeff came i think gretchen came Emily came and, and Drew came. So we had a good group. I was the fifth good group. Yeah, I, I was the one keeping you guys balanced in case you went off the rails. But it, it was just so much fun. And we said, we need to do this every year. So we've been to Michigan State. We've been to Northwestern. We took COVID off, obviously. And then this year, we Woo! went to Nebraska. And because we're Our so country. young and energetic, we drove 12 hours straight. Well, not straight like in time, but it was just you go west 
and you don't make a turn until you stop in Lincoln, Nebraska. But the people in Lincoln, I love those people. I think we should go back there once we complete our journey just to say hi to the best people that I've met in our in our journey so far. They're the nicest people in the world. I think that in a lot of ways, Lincoln is my favorite trip. Yeah. Because of the people. Like you said, I mean, I mean, a dozen people probably came up to us and said, you know, like, hi, welcome to Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> Remember the old lady? Because we usually get at least like F-bombs thrown yeah. at us. Hey, screw you. Know? you. Yeah. Um, right. You know, we, we, we got that at Northwestern. We got that at <laughs> Michigan State. Um, and I, I don't know if we ran into that in Indy with Wisconsin fans. No, because uh, I think we were just drinking at the house. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know. Early indicators are that the best and fr- I guess friendliest yeah. atmosphere is, is Nebraska. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I, I, I just remember the sweet old lady. Remember when we we're trying to figure out if we we're allowed to open a beer walking outside of the stadium. So we kind of walk away from the stadium and this sweet little lady, we didn't say anything to her. I asked this older gentleman, Hey, am I allowed to open this? Do we need to have a koozie, a cup, all the rules that Ohio state implements. And as we're walking away from the stadium to make sure we don't end up in jail in Lincoln, this sweet lady comes up to us and goes, hello, welcome to Lincoln, Nebraska. Hope you enjoy the game. And I'm like, what? This is, you're not going to get that. And I don't want to say other schools because it's nothing against them, but it's just more of a compliment to Nebraska because to be honest, let's just be hundred percent honest. I'm not this way. I don't think you're this way, but Ohio state fans, we're not the most nice to the opponent's fans. We're, We're just not we're not and we should be in my opinion i agree I just, like I, I i like welcoming people um right. that are from the other team but yeah, yeah we definitely don't give off a nebraska vibe no we definitely don't and i don't i don't think that's the worst thing because there is something about healthy competition but you don't want to be a jerk I, I think there's a fine line between like friendly ribbing and just being a jerk and and i won't say the schools that i'm worried about going to but there are some trips that we have planned that I might wear neutral colors in Nebraska, man. You could wear whatever you wanted, support your team. And as long as you're not, a, let's, let's just put it this way. If you're not a jerk, you shouldn't attract jerk behavior towards you. And I think that's a nice theme of today's show. Just be nice to everybody and you'll attract that back. And Nebraska was the perfect example of that. Those people were so awesome. Yeah. And when we you don't want to terrible like- and they were like, Hey, I know you guys didn't play great. Congratulations on the win. We gave you a good game. Yeah, you did. I was sweating my stuff. <laughs> right. It was a close game. Yeah. It was a close game. And what, it once 26 to 17 was mm-hmm. the final? Yeah, and if it wasn't for Noah, Noah Ruggles, Ice Cream's premium, we'd probably lose that game. And then we might have a different view on Nebraska. And we're doing Penn State next year, right? Yeah. Tentatively. It's, it's, either, it's either Penn State or Maryland because the other road games, we don't have any road games next year. And two of the ones that we could go to, we've already gone to, is Michigan State Northwestern. So I should give you props publicly that you do a heck of a job of planning the other stuff to do when we get there. It's not just, we drive up there, go to the game and come back. Like I'm thinking making a trip out of it. Like, yeah, you find a good Airbnb, like Chicago. Let's, let's be honest. Northwestern, not the best environment for a football game, but the stuff to do there at Northwestern's up. I know we've only done, technically total of four but three in the big 10 but northwestern's up there because we did a lot of cool stuff but let's go back to the first one and and michigan state do you remember the lady 
that we stayed with at the Airbnb in East Lansing with, with your different. buddy Nick. What she was, was that that little scarecrow? She had a crush on you, by the way. She really wanted to make out with Matt Porter. Matt. I'm typically pretty charismatic with our with our Airbnb Airbnb hosts. I, I just I remember friends with them. And I don't want them to slit our throats in the middle of the night. Yes, and it was a valid fear because do you remember the scarecrow looking person sitting in that old rickety wooden reclining chair? She was harmless. Now the mannequin well, now, this year, yeah. I don't know. That was a mannequin. Weird. But so you're up there, you know, she's making her move. I think you were playing really good defense. But your buddy Nick, Drew, and I were in the basement, and I'm worried that the basement door bolts and we never get out of there first. But second of all, I'm thinking to myself, we might not get to go to this game tomorrow because you might be sitting in the chair next to that mannequin. And I'm like, I just, my best friend is not going to the game today. It, it was, that was weird. But I think it's because we had to stay with someone and maybe she was lonely and she wanted someone to talk to. And thank God it was you instead of me. I, I look for, I look for walkability. Yeah. In these, and sometimes you know, walkability job, and cost. Yeah. And sometimes when you look at cost on Airbnbs, you end up like, you know, staying in someone's spare basement where yeah. they are actually still living in the house. The interesting thing about this woman who, who turned out fun, she was fine. She was a great host. We had everything we needed. Um, she was just a little different. And, and a little. you know, personality was, was um, strange. <laughs> but it was a house where we were in her basement but there was no private entrance. Right. And so to like ingress and egress out of the Airbnb, yeah. she was unavoidable. Right. She, we had to like walk through her living room. Yeah. And you and hope the robe was, was zipped up in the morning. Yeah. You just hope it was fully zipped. Yeah. Yeah. So whereas every other Airbnb, like the one in Nebraska was the same. We were in yeah. this person's house. Which is nice. But they had a private ingress and egress, which, right. which is more typical and of course you save cost when you do that so let's also compliment where we stayed in northwestern because i think the outside of the game i think northwestern might have been maybe the most fun but the house that we stayed in excuse me for the airbnb there was awesome like evanston has a lot of affluent people uh, they have really nice like historical older houses and we had to walk through the house to get up to, which was then just our separate living quarters. But we all had nice, like, were they queen beds? Dare I say queen? Like we had a kitchen, we had a bathroom where I could stretch my legs and hold on just in case something went crazy. Like that was a nice a place. Yeah, it was fantastic. You and, Drew have, you and Drew have and shared beds in two of the three years, right? <laughs> and I've been on the floor yeah, the yeah, same Michigan, two years. Michigan State, we should, it's the, the typical arrangement has been <laughs> Uh, air mattress and one bed mm. and drew and i since we're brothers we'll, we'll yeah. you know share the bed naturally. well i'm a cuddler at night so i don't know if you want to wake up cuddling me we so don't that... want to bump against you <laughs> yeah. pebble beach was played last week the pro-am and my guy jordan spieth i don't think he lost the tournament i think you watched a little bit of it porter i don't think he lost the tournament some people would say with a two shot lead and four to play that he did, but Tom Hoagie who won, which sounds funny because it sounds like he's destined to make bogeys with the last name like that, but he just won the tournament. He almost hold out on 16, the same way Spieth did last year on a Saturday. 
And he, then he birdies 17, which, by the way, my brother and I played Pebble Beach twice as COVID was hitting. Like, we were really, honest to God, one of the last people to play Pebble Beach before the world shut down. We played Pebble Beach on a Sunday, and then we played on St. Patrick's Day. And I remember that just because well, it's Pebble Beach. 17 is extremely difficult to even think about hitting the green. And the guy sticks it, makes the putt, and you knew at that point he was going to win. So... I feel bad that my guy Jordan didn't win. I don't think he lost it. I think the other guy just came up and took it from him. And that's what you need to do. So talking Augusta, talking Pebble, I probably told you a few of the stories about Pebble and it just, it, it shows so well on television and it shows a hundred times better in person. And I have to think that Augusta is the same way. So we're talking like end of your life type stuff. Like what would you spend $10,000 on for a one-time thing? I know you haven't played Pebble. I, I know you love golf and I know you know the history behind Pebble and Augusta. But if you had to pick one, like it's your last round of golf, it doesn't have to be like the end of your life. Let's say I say Porter, May the 1st, right after we exchange our Christmas gifts, as we usually do. You can play one round of golf for the rest of your life and then you're done. What do you choose, Pebble or Augusta? Augusta. Augusta. And, and why? Because I think it's a really cool debate. I think my brother and I, we've had this conversation a few times and it, it's tough. So I'm not going to try to persuade you to choose another one, but I just want to hear why, because I think it's a fascinating discussion. It is hard to explain why. The Masters, I think, is almost, it's, it's almost to, it's almost to a fault. It, it's, it's almost like they really flirt with the line of being like over marketed and, and coming across as like, you know, we're, we're putting in like fake bird chirping noises. <laughs> like they all, they, they're not there, but they kind of all, they almost come across as like, this is too much. Sure. Like this isn't a real place. Yeah. It's it so beautiful. Like it's gotta be kind of fake. Sure. And, 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 and I, I mean that in a good way yeah. because it, that's, that's it's, I mean that because I, because of how amazing it looks and the feelings it gives you with the, you know, the way they do the music on CBS and like the piano and all like, it's just, it gives you this feeling of yeah. like spring is here and golf is back and you know, you got Jim Nance's voice. It just it comes together in, in, in this feeling of like, if I have to play, choose one place to play golf, that would be the one I'd want to play more than any other. Cause it's just, it's indescribable. Obviously sure. I can't even articulate why it's, no, it, I, it's my favorite choice. I, I it also probably doesn't help that I've never been to Pebble. <laughs> You've been to Pebble and seen it yeah. and how beautiful it, it is. But yeah, what Pebble or Augusta for you? So I, my brother and I've had this discussion. It's wild to me and it's really cool to play courses that you know Jack and Tiger and Phil and, and the legends of golf walked. Like you're walking down the same fairways as the best ever. And I'm not even close to being even good enough to play division two college golf. That's why I quit. I think it's hard for me to answer that because I've now played one of those two choices. And I think it's so tough because it's like, I don't have kids. I know you don't either, but like it will be trying to choose which son or daughter you love the most. I think it'd be tough to choose because then you feel the other one knows you chose the other. That but, hard with, with Pebble, huh? You, you have an affinity for Pebble then. 
what fascinated me about Pebble, and, and we played it twice, uh, one of them came included in the amount that we paid to stay on the resort, so it was like the whole package deal. But we played it a second time, and it was $550 to play 18 holes, and it was worth every red cent. I'm frugal. I told you that before. I didn't think for the four and a half hours we were playing Pebble Beach, a single second about the money that I spent, I, I couldn't care less. It was absolutely worth every penny. But I was so fascinated by the fact that, you know, Tiger won the U.S. Open there and just ran away with it. Uh, and it was just the thing that I'll, I'll never forget about Pebble is I'd never gone that far west before. The farthest I've ever gone west was Houston or uh, San Antonio, Texas. So I was fascinated by the ocean budding right up to the mountains. I, I It was unbelievable. And, and the beauty and just the views and how many times and how many holes you play that you can see the ocean with a pretty good vantage point, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's just tough to go against something you've seen and experienced. But I think to my brother's point, getting to do something that very few people get to do kind of trumps a lot because I know it's, it's a lot of money. Yeah, the absolutely. Exclusivity of Augusta. That's another thing. It's like they they control that in a way. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that adds to the the lure of it. Right. It's a pipe dream. And if you get it, you're almost like, is this real life? You know, this isn't happening. And then golf becomes least important of your memories there. Hey, I played Augusta. I shot 115, but man, walking to the 12th green and walking through Amen Corner, you don't care if you make triple. You'd like to make par, or at least hit the green, but that's not important. Um, so it's, I think the fact that it sounds like a pipe dream, I think my answer would be Augusta if I had to play one just because it's so freaking hard to do. Because if you round up $550 and, and take a flight out there, you have a shot to play Pebble Beach. It's a public golf course. And I, it's just, it's unbelievable, man. It, it's, it's tough to choose for me because I played one. I bet if I never played Pebble, if we did this two and a half years ago, I would have chosen Augusta and I wouldn't even have to worry about it. But would you shoot Pebble? Pebble? You, no. you had two rounds of Pebble. What'd you shoot? Pebble, I think the first day I shot 81. And I did birdie 16, the hole that, that speed hold out. Yeah, on. with the trees um, kind of like gap in right before the green. It yeah. looks like they kind of like close in. Yep. I, I did par seven, and I think I, I think it was 81 and 80. And the second day, we met up with some guys that we played with at Spyglass Hill. Their caddy caddied for us the first day at Pebble. There are guys there that caddy, and that's like their job. That's their job, that's yeah. What and they do. They look so much happier than you and I. It, it's unbelievable. <laughs> so right. they're I, not in, in Cube City. Yeah, right. It's cubicle City, I should say. So we're circling the back nine, and I started to catch a nice rhythm, but I was I was pressing hard because I had made a birdie. I needed a birdie to break 80 and, and shoot in the 70s at Pebble Beach. And it was a decent day weather-wise that second time we played. And the caddy was caddying for the other two guys. My brother and I carried our bags the second day because, you know, at some point we got to save some money. But he still helped us out. And you go up 14, that par five that goes up to the right, up the hill, really steep incline. Parred that hole. 15, I parred. 16, I think I parred. And then I bogeyed 17 because I went in the bunker on the back. So I'm eight over going into 18. And I told the caddy on the tee box, if you help me make a birdie on 18, I'm tipping you $50 more than I planned. He's not even our caddy, but I was going to give him money because he was helping us out. I said, if you help me get a birdie, because I hadn't birdied one yet that day, and to break 80 and birdie 18, and basically we knew we were, the trip was over that day, extra 50 bucks. 
he gave me a perfect read birdie putt on 18 up the hill probably 20 feet left to right left at a foot short and oh. and i gave him 50 bucks anyway because i told him it's not your fault i missed the putt you gave me a perfect read and i'm just a putz So it's interesting. I was thinking about this the other day as I was preparing for this. It's interesting between the dynamic of me and you as Valentine's Day is approaching. Do you feel any extra pressure or do you feel like a relief now that you're married? And I know it's your first Valentine's Day, so there could be some pressure there. But do you feel you're good to go now? Like, is Valentine's Day just simply a Hallmark holiday or do you feel the pressure? Like, man, I got to do something big. It's the first one. Oh, I don't feel any pressure. (laughs) (laughs) I don't no feel pressure, any pressure at all. At all. I, I think that, you know, for Valentine's Day, in terms of pressure, I would think that dating, the, 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 like if you're a guy who's dating someone, yeah, that's, that's probably where, where you've got to, uh, you've got to be, you've got to rise to the occasion. Yeah, you got to step up. Um, and a single guy, and I don't think there's any pressure there, obviously. And then if you're married, I mean, you're good. You're done. Married. You're good to go. <laughs> it's, it's like things are. So I don't even know if we're gonna do anything. What is it, Valentine's Day Monday? It's, I think Monday, it's Monday. Yeah. You're on one side of you know free and easy, and I'm on the other. I'm I'm single and no real prospects of being in your situation anytime soon. But yeah, dating that's that's got to be tough because that could go one of two ways. If you're if you're dating, go really well. Or it could really suck the next day if, if you screw something up. You're like, all of a sudden, <laughs> I'm by yeah. myself. Like, you could really mess that up, and you could you could be in a different life situation than you planned on the night before. I literally think we won't do anything for Valentine's Day. I don't, yeah. I don't think. I think it will just be another day. <laughs> well, you um, can have leftover brisket mac and cheese from the Super Bowl. game here i always want to or at least try to make the end of the show co-host specific so one it doesn't have to be even five minutes just a quick thing Uh, this is titled because you know you you have a history major you're smart you you served in the military which again thank you for your service Uh, but i always told you at the last election like man i don't want to vote for any of these people i want to vote i want to write you in as as my vote for president so the game for show one and to kind of conclude things is called Porter for president. So think of an election and we're going to go back to the Super Bowl to kind of begin and then close the show is if you are voting for president and vice president in this scenario, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase or Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup, who's getting your vote, Mr. President? Um, you know, I got to go with Stafford and cup on this. Okay. Because like, and it's mainly because of Stafford. Okay. Here's a guy. Sound like John Madden. John, right. I I didn't mean to do that, but as soon as I said it, I thought of John um rest in peace yeah yeah he's John, a man. here's a guy here's a guy here's a guy 
um, that spent what 10 plus years, 12, 13, his whole career in Detroit, yeah, for the lowly Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think they ever made the playoffs, and sure, he made it a couple three times, I think. Yeah, which is amazing, like, wow. by the way, that they made it wow. three times. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I was actually talking to some old fraternity brothers, and I have a have a group text, and we we talk mostly sports. And I think it was before the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, and I was saying like, watch out for for Stafford. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a guy who is good, has always been good, a good solid top ten in the league quarterback, signal caller, and he's just never had a winning team around him or a winning franchise, you know, in my opinion, I'll do respect to Detroit. And now that he has that opportunity, I, I can see this going well for him and the stars have aligned. He's got, OB, he's got uh, Beckham there. Cooper cup is having a fabulous year is my second pick here in this, you know, president, vice president, yeah. as much as I want the Bengals to win this game, I, I, I see Stafford and Cup and the Rams honestly probably winning it. And 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 it's because to me, Stafford, it, it just kind of feels like his time. Burrow's gonna have his time again. He's that good. But this seems like the, the moment where Stafford gets over the hump. Just could the stars seem to be aligning for him. And right. Cup's just the best receiver in the league right now. So yeah. And talk about hard work. I mean, from Stafford's standpoint, like you said, he's it's unfortunate that he's been so good and no one has really known that he's been that good because he's been kind of locked in Detroit, but talk about taking advantage of an opportunity the first year, like Tom Brady, when he goes to Tampa Bay, Tom Brady's different, but it's still impressive that goes to a different team. He gets out of the shadow of Belichick and he proves Tom Brady's incredible. Matthew Stafford. I would, I wouldn't compare him to Tom Brady. So I'll, I'll shut up before I say that, but, Similar in terms of maybe the situation, he, he's getting out of the shadow of Detroit. He, he's going to a better organization and yeah. a team that really, you know, invested a lot in him. And they're like, hey, we want to win and not just like down the road. Now we want to win now. And, yeah. and he's he's led them. They have a really good defense. So it's not just Stafford. And it's not like he's Peyton Manning in Denver where he's riding the coattails of everybody else. Like he's been a large part of their success. Cooper Cup's incredible. I mean, if you had him on your fantasy roster. You probably didn't draft draft him in the first four rounds and you probably won the league. He's incredible. Uh, because it's your game, I, I don't want to make a prediction, but I well, you should. I, I don't want to make a pick. Play the game too. Brew for brew for president. Can we well, we can it. I would be a terrible president. Um uh, but well, the bar is low. <laughs> yeah. Uh but from a prediction standpoint, so would you are you going on record that you think the Rams would win, but are you kind of rooting for the Bengals? Is that kind of how that folds? Yeah, hundred percent. Again, I think it's the stars are aligned. I, I think Stafford, it's his, it's his time to shine. The Cooper Cup is is uh, having a great year. The game is basically, I mean, not basically, it is a home game for the Rams. And Joe Burrow is running for his life. Yeah, back there, and he's about to go up against that defensive front yeah. of LA. Yeah, Aaron Donald, Von Miller. Just, yeah, it's scary. Yeah. Um, I just so, I just took a sack just thinking about it myself. I, I <laughs> fell to one knee. I'm done. So uh, I I really do think the Rams are going to win this game, but I want the Bengals to win. I'll be rooting for the Bengals. And one last thing I'll say is 
I thought the Titans were going to beat the Bengals. I yeah. thought the Chiefs were going to beat the Bengals. <laughs> so, yeah. um, to, to, even to a lesser degree, I wouldn't have been surprised if the Raiders beat the Bengals. Sure. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I saw a sign. I think it was after Joe Burrow was leaving Kansas City and going under the tunnel. It said, why not us? So, yeah. Why stop believing now? I will make my prediction kind of the same way that I, on my own Twitter account, uh, looked at or reviewed the Alabama-Georgia game. I think I tweeted before the game. I said, if I'm putting money on it, I'm putting it on Bama. But if I'm putting my heart into it, I'm, I'm pulling for Georgia. So same type of preface here. If I'm putting money on it, I'm, I'm going with the Rams. But again, why not us? And in this case, us as Cincinnati, like, why does the train stop short of its destination now? You know, but if I'm putting, let's say I'm putting down $10,000, I'm going with the Rams. Yeah, uh, but I'm rooting I for agree. Cincinnati um, talking about money. I think it would be cool if this podcast takes off and people listen and enjoy it and are entertained. And again, we talk sports, but it wasn't, we're not breaking down Jordan Spieth's new pre-shot routine. We're not breaking down the form of Joe Burrow or how to beat a cover three. Cause frankly, I don't know either of those two, but I saw a kid and I remember this story from a couple of years ago. He's I think at the time, six years old and he makes like $11 million a year. This was, I think back in 2017. So the numbers can be skewed. He might not even do this anymore. In 2017, this six-year-old kid reviewed toys on YouTube, and he did like cool, like family-friendly, like food challenges, made $11 million, and he had 10 million subscribers on YouTube. 16 million views, 10 million subscribers, $11 million. The Washington Post, who kind of featured this story on their YouTube account, had 1.83 million subscribers, way less <laughs> than this kid. So, yes, I would like to be this little kid, and this thing takes off. And so far, personally, just to review the last maybe more than an hour and 20 minutes or so, I think we, I think we set it up for success. I, I think we flew the plane pretty well. You being an Air Force guy, uh, you did a good job co-piloting. And if it tanks after the fact, and because you were on the show, you got to get back in the saddle and help me out with the controls because I don't want to yep. crash too early. I hope it was fun for you. I really appreciate you doing this. Uh, like I said, I, I, I don't think I could have come up with someone better to start it. And from a nostalgia standpoint, heck, like I said, I haven't seen you since the Michigan State drubbing in, in November. So if nothing else, it was good to see you and, and talk with you, my friend. We're only friends six months out of the year, I've noticed, <laughs> right? It's like golf season starts and, and that's when Brew and Matt become friends and spend time together. and then. After Ohio State football ends, we just we don't see each other. We do our we do my high school golf tournament and we exchange our Christmas gifts in May. And then we go and shoot 17 under and hope that it doesn't finish us outside the top two or three. So that's that's usually the, the calendar for us. We're going to win that scramble one of these years. <laughs> I hope so, man. All right. Well, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Valentine's Day and all the other holidays we'll miss until May. <laughs> <laughs> happy Easter. <laughs> yeah, happy Easter. Well, that about wraps it up, folks. Thanks to my company today. From my co-host, Matt Porter, I'm Matt Brubaker. The soundtrack for the show is brought to you by PremiumBeats.com. Please like, subscribe, and follow me on the Twitter machine, personal at MattBrew3, the show at Brew & Company. Thanks so much for listening. And remember, life isn't about the people you meet, but about the company you keep. Until next payday, cheers.